0: Good morning, ladies. So excited to be here. We are done with Matthew. (laughs) Kudos to you all for finishing up, for hanging on and for persevering and for finishing well. Here we are. We got to study God's word. We got to study about the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a fabulous semester to be in God's word and to study the Bible. What beautiful. And let's just thank the Lord before we get going. Our great father, we just praise your holy name. And we worship you in your goodness and your majesty and your sovereignty. And we are grateful for your word that can be in our hearts, that we can know you more so that we can love you more. Lord, we just thank you for that. We pray, we know you have a word for each one of us. Would you please open our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear what you have to say? In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we... um, look back over this Matthew, Um, your handout today is going to be kind of a review in and of itself. I just wanted you to have that in your hand. It's a, a broad overview of Matthew, and the way that I'm looking at it this morning is I just wanted to ask you, what is the theme of Matthew? Shout it out. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the, he is the King. And what, what did we learn? We learned that about Jesus being the King, and then we also learned about the Kingdom. kingdom. Excellent! Look at you, What you've learned already. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at just the overall, what we learned about the King, and what we learned about the Kingdom. And so I just want us, as we step out and we finish this study and we go into our life, uh, however that, whatever that looks like, I just want us to see and to grasp the themes of Matthew here, that Jesus is the king. He is ushering in his kingdom. His coming is ushering in his kingdom. He is the ruler. He is the king over all and as we see right at the beginning of Matthew right he gives us the genealogy that we can see from the Old Testament from the beginning that Jesus is the long awaited what go ahead Messiah that he's the Messiah that's right that he is the promised one he is the one that they have been waiting for and they've been talking he's been talked about all the way from Genesis right and here he is he is here the king has come he's the king from the beginning to the end now here um As we were talking and I was thinking about this and preparing this and and thinking about the word king and the word kingdom and anybody, I don't know, I kind of watch some of those old movies and you see the king, you see the gigantic castle and doesn't it just seem great to live in a castle and, and you've got the king who's the ruler and that's the picture I have in my head. Here's the problem with that picture, ladies when we use the word king with Jesus, is that picture is way too small. It's way too small. That palace is not grand enough, doesn't even touch it. The authority, the regalness of the the king that we may picture and all of his robes and his glory and his splendor and his authority over everything, it's nothing. It's a drop of water in the ocean compared to the glory and the majesty of what we are talking about, of the King, Jesus Christ. We are talking about God. God. I gave you this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It's on the back of your notes page. And the reason I gave you this It comes from um, one of his sermons, and his sermon is called A View of God's Glory. Look it up. Google it. It's about 10 pages long. Totally worth the read. A View of God's Glory by Charles Spurgeon. And the reason I just want, this is a teeny tiny little thing, but in it, it just, it has, since I've read this many years ago, it continues To help me blow my mind about how big and how sovereign we're talking about this majestic God. Just as he's giving us this word picture kind of right in the middle. When he talks about how the sun that burns in heaven and you think that he is bright, the sun. You look upon him and he dazzles you, but all his splendor is but a single thread in the regal skirts of the robe of deity. The sun and all of its blinding light is but a single thread in the robe of our king. We make him so small. He is beyond our comprehension. And here's what I love when he's talking about the stars and the moon, how splendid. They are nothing but just a tiny portion of the skirts of God that drag in the dust. When you're at night, this summer, when we can see the stars in the clear sky, and we can get overwhelmed, they're all just the edge of his robe as he rules in the heavens. And I love this. I could imagine that all the stars and constellation of stars might be put together and threaded into a string and made into a bracelet for the arm or a ring for the finger of Jehovah. But I cannot conceive what is God Himself. This is our King that the stars strung together across the sky would be but they a mere ring around his finger. He is so big and majestic. This is our king. This is the one who has come. This is the one who we have been waiting for. This is the almighty God. And in Matthew and in God's word, we get to see him up close. So look, look hard, ladies. Take all those gems that that God has given you in his word store them up in your heart and remember the majesty of the God that we are learning about. We saw from the beginning our majestic king and his royal heritage, his virgin birth, miraculous. The only one ever. Conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. He is God in the flesh. His birth was brought on with angels and a star and wise men seeking him out. Because he was fulfilling prophecy. Didn't you love seeing the Old Testament connected with the New Testament and seeing it come together? Doesn't that just broaden your view of our great God? I hope so. I hope it stirs your heart and deepens your roots. Our King Jesus has a, had a heralder, didn't he? What was his name? Very good. John the Baptist. And he came to say, the Lamb of God is here. He comes to take away the sin of the world. At Jesus' baptism... I mean, I've been baptized. The heavens didn't part. (laughs) Our king, the heavens part. God the Father speaks truth of his identity. This is my beloved son. He speaks blessing over the king in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Ladies, Listen to him. This is our king. God has come. Listen to him. Of God descends upon him we see the majesty and the glory of our king Jesus in the trinity right there God the father God the son and God the spirit this is our king who has come his kingdom he is ushering in He he stands in righteousness immersed and firm in the world in the word I'm sorry in the word, as he combats Satan who is trying to tempt him, our king is righteous and he stands on the truth of God's word and we see that it is true and faithful that it will hold us firm even in the darkest, scariest times. I've never spoken to the devil face to face. But he is real. He is our enemy. He is the enemy of our king. And our king stood firm. Was not flappable, because he stood on the word of God. Our King Jesus. I love this part as we, as he was talking about in. Um, and he was talking about in chapter four, how when Jesus, our King, is here, he came to proclaim the gospel. What's another word for gospel that we learned? Good news. Come on. Yes, it's good news. It says that Jesus came to proclaim the The gospel and he went out to proclaim the gospel to preach and say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand it's right here good news for all people this is something I pray that you walk away with today that you are firm in this knowledge what is the good news I won't ask you to shout it out now, but here's what I want you to write on your paper right now. Do I know what the good news is? And then I would love for you to answer that question. If somebody came up to you and said, okay, I hear the gospel, that Jesus is proclaiming the gospel or good news. So what is that? Do you know what you would say? pray that you do because it is our hope it is everything all of our eggs are in this basket the gospel is that Jesus Christ the king has come to take our place he is to die in my place He is taking the wrath of God instead of me. That I may be spared and reconciled to God. That my sins are forgiven because they have been placed on our King. The good news is that before God because of his death and taking that all that we receive forgiveness we receive grace we have new life in Christ and just like the song that we sang this morning that I love his resurrection ladies It seals the promise. His resurrection has thrown open the doors of heaven for you and for me. That is the gospel. That Jesus Christ came to save souls, yours and mine. And he did everything to do it that you and I may be reconciled to God because he never lost his purpose. His heart Jesus Christ is love. He is mercy. He is grace. From the beginning, his heart is for your soul to be safe in him. And we get to celebrate that this week. How great is that? and i pray that we that we don't forget that truth our king is our salvation our king is our hope we saw over and over didn't we in matthew his power his power over sin i for you are forgiven who can do that but god The king. We saw his power over sickness. We saw his power over blindness and disease and pain and oppression from demons. We saw him with a touch give people sight. We saw him by someone merely touching his robe to be healed of a disease. We saw his power with just a word to bring someone who is dead back to life. This is our king. Our king is full of absolute power and authority. This is who you follow, friends. This is our king. He is king over it all. He has the power to heal and make new. To redeem what is lost. And may you know this to the bottom of your being. That there is nothing. No situation. No person. No life. No heart or soul that God cannot heal. We may look. And we may say, there is no hope here, but God. But we throw all our eggs in the basket of the one who has the power and the authority to heal with a word. With Jesus, we are never without hope. We are talking about the king of kings. As Jesus ushers in his kingdom, he begins teaching how those in the kingdom live. Ladies, if you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you have claimed him as your king and you fall at his feet as your Lord, you are a kingdom woman. Praise God. So how are kingdom women, how are people of the kingdom to live? What do they do? What do they say? What's in their hearts? And we saw that all through Matthew, didn't we? We saw beautifully in the Beatitudes. Blessed are they. Beautiful ways that people in the kingdom live. Did we, do, you, do you remember how good is our great God that Jesus come along to his disciples and to the people to teach them. Didn't we see him teaching them all the time? Teaching them about God and the kingdom through parables, through stories, just through his words of truth. Jesus wants us to know. Listen to him, kingdom women. Because he is teaching about how to pray. Didn't he? He taught us how to pray in Matthew. And what did it start with? What did his prayer start with? Do you remember? Our Father. Our Father. How revolutionary it would have been for the people in that day. They never came to God as Father. But Jesus is saying, Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, not diminishing his glory and his sovereignty in any way, but simply bringing the people close. I pray that we will not let it be lost on us today that the God of the universe, the one who holds everything in the palm of his hand, the all-powerful one who we saw rules nature, who walks on water, who feeds 5,000 people with a mere pittance and his word. This The God of the universe comes near and says, Call me Father. Run to me. Didn't Jesus say, Come to me, all you who are weary? Run to the Father. Settle in his embrace. When you are terrified, when you are sick, when you are grieving, We run to the Father. Really, truly, ladies, where else can we go? At one point when Jesus was teaching with his disciples, and he was saying everyone was leaving because his words were so hard to hear. They didn't like the words. Weren't there some of those things that we read and we were like, what? This doesn't sound like nice, fluffy Jesus. Because he doesn't exist. Our Jesus is full of love and truth. Whatever it is that makes us more like him, that will bring us closer to the Father. And he asked his disciples, Do you want to leave me too? And they said, Where else could we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Kingdom women, hold on to that in your life. Where else could you go? Jesus Christ has the words of life. That's how kingdom people live. That's how kingdom people live. And he he teaches so that his disciples may go out and preach the gospel. Speak the gospel to the whole world. Tell them how great God is, what Jesus Christ has done for you and that he longs to do for them. This is the charge to his kingdom people, his kingdom women. We saw it with his disciples. We saw that because his heart is for the lost. We see that over and over. Something I want us to remember. That when he sent them out to speak, to go, he said, and remember, it is the spirit of the Father who speaks through you. Ladies, do we sometimes get nervous about talking about Jesus? Remember, it is the spirit of God that speaks through you. It is his words, his love that will draw His grace that will draw, his love that melts the heart. It's his words of truth that convict, not you. You and I could not save a soul. That is the Spirit's work. We get to be the mouthpiece of Jesus and proclaim the gospel and the good news. We see over and over how Christ is the king of salvation. He is the savior of our soul. He foretells everything. He fulfills the prophecy, and then he makes prophecies, and then he makes more prophecies and promises, even if he's fulfilling the ones that he was talking about. Go over here. You're going to find a man who has a donkey. Just tell him the Lord needs, right? Over and over, we saw promises fulfilled, prophecies fulfilled. Our King is the God of the yesterday, today, and the tomorrow. We can trust in His promises. He knew what would happen in the immediate future. He told of His death, His resurrection, and His coming again. We saw His glory, didn't we, in the transfiguration. Glory of God to remind that yes, Jesus is God here in the flesh. But look at my glory. Remember, I am God who you are placing your trust in. We saw our great king as the great shepherd. His heart is for the lost. He seeks the lost. He brings them in. He goes and looks for them. His heart overflows with compassion. Over and over. His heart, the heart of the king, ladies, is for everyone to come to repentance. Forgiving and merciful and grace-filled and loving. Those of the kingdom will pray to the Lord to fill us with those things. Because then we are like our king. We need to read the word and see how, our, how Jesus is, how he lived, so that we as his kingdom women know how to live. He lived with a heart full of love and forgiveness and compassion and mercy. And we have to look and say, how does my heart look, Lord? Where is he talking to you, kingdom woman, who wants to live like her king? Do we need to forgive? Are there those we are not having compassion on? For whatever reason? Who are we withholding mercy from? And love. Because we feel like they don't deserve it. We saw that parable, didn't we? The servant who begged forgiveness for his huge debt and then went and strangled the guy for pittance. God, may that not be my heart. Kingdom women, ask the Spirit to show you that we may become more like our King. Because as we saw, Jesus Christ is righteous. He has, He is zealous for God and for His name to be glorified and honored. And He has the authority, and He has the heart, and He has the power to make all things right. Didn't he very much call out those who were false, those living in hypocrisy? Don't forget that our king can see our hearts. He can look in your heart. He sees what's going on there. Nothing escapes his notice. this is our king because he is zealous for God's name to be honored and glorified and so what does he do? he shows us and he clarifies what is the greatest commandment? what is the greatest commandment? thank you love God above all that's the biggie that's the one you put up on your mirror, and we we live with Kingdom women forever. He's clearing it up here. Love the Lord your God, and love people. Love God, love people. That's Kingdom living, friends. That's Kingdom living. He calls for righteousness he wants us to to look at our hearts because he doesn't want anything false in there. He wants our hearts to be pure as we live in the kingdom. Here's what he wants for us too. He wants us to to hold on to the future, to the promises that he's given us. He encourages his kingdom people, his kingdom women to be ready to look for him. And to live in the light of his return. Because our king is coming. How do we know that? Because he promised. And here's the truth. Dig your roots down deep in this one, ladies. Our king is alive. Our king is not dead. He is not on that cross. He has been raised from the dead. He is in heaven waiting for us. He is is pleased for us he prays for us to the father his spirit he sent to live in us our king is alive and kingdom women trust in their king we trust in his promises we trust in what he has said we trust in everything that we have seen and we dig our roots down deep in us in him Our king is alive and he is coming again and as kingdom women we live with this hope and this joy and this is, this is what keeps us strong this is what um, even joy in the midst of sorrow and suffering this is the truth our king has come he is our salvation he is the victor over death he lives our king is alive you do not serve a dead king I pray that that just stirs up in you such a truth and a foundation. I pray that your roots go down deep in the fact that our king is coming again. We will see him. We will be with him forever. Oh, such hope. Oh, such joy. May it anchor our souls. And may we be diligent, ladies. We are kingdom women. Kingdom women are diligent in the word. I know summer is here and it's like, woo, Bible study's over. But kingdom women are so excited to keep in the word. We don't want to break from knowing more about God, do we? No. Why would we want to break from the very thing that gives us life? Kingdom women are diligent to be in the word. We are diligent to pray to our Father, to run to him with everything in every circumstance because that's what kingdom women do. That's what Christians do. I was struck with that as I heard a speaker who had gone through horrible, horrible things and people said, oh, well, while you were in the hospital right after your injury, you prayed and you were so hopeful and how how could you do that and almost in passing she said well that's what Christians do we've we've learned about his promises we've placed our hope in who he is what else could we do this is my life this is my very hope that has resonated with me for weeks now Lord help me to be a kingdom woman a Christian who just knows what kingdom women do that I trust when I cannot see a way or a reason that's what kingdom women do we trust the one who is faithful we trust our king of kings and our lord of lords because he is alive he lives in you and me and his spirit reminds us over and over that we serve the king and that he has come his kingdom is at hand and his kingdom women trust in the king go forth this week celebrating and praising our great God as we celebrate Easter and Holy Week be reminded I pray that that will just bring joy to your heart like never before your king is alive and he lives in you amen